the volume. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Catching Fades is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Catching Fades, Akeem Tlaib here. Today, man, we got a Hall of Fame on the show. So, man, today's takes, man, we're going to talk Hall of Fame. I'm saying, what does it take to be a Hall of Famer? I definitely need to know, man. You know, my time is coming. I want to be a Hall of Famer. I need to know what it takes, man. To me, right now, it's just one big question mark. It's it's one big question mark. Because I don't know. It's so many different types of players who go to the Hall of Fame who not in the Hall of Fame yet, it's, it's one big question mark in, uh, in my opinion, man. So we're going to talk to Isaac Bruce. We got Isaac Bruce on the show today. Y'all don't want to miss that interview. We're going to get his opinion on Hall of Fame and, and, you know, and what he think. Hall of Fame, man, we see guys who played four years. We see guys who played 14 years. We see guys with Super Bowls. We see guys with no Super Bowls. We see guys with a bunch of playoff appearances, no Super Bowls. We see vocal, you know, vocal coach-like leaders. We see quiet guys who really don't really don't speak at all, right? We see all kind of players, man. So what make up a Hall of Fame player? Is it his stats? 
Is it his Super Bowls, his wins, his All-Pros, his Pro Bowls? I mean, what is it? What is it? Uh, is it what his teammates and his coaches think about him? My opinion on the Hall of Fame, you know what I'm saying? You got to be one of the best at your position for the majority of your career. Now, your career can't be three, two, three years, four years, and if it is short like that, then your career better look like Terrell Davis' career, right? So I feel like the less the less you do in the regular season, the shorter your career is, the more big game production that you need, right? TD going crazy in the playoffs, crazy in the chip. So I feel like that. If you don't play that many, you don't play that you don't play that many seasons. Big game production got to be there. Next box, I think you got to win, man. You got to have some playoff wins. You got to have some Super Bowls, some big games. You got to be the only game on TV and going ham at some point, right? And if you don't, if you don't got them big games, Super Bowls, playoffs, I think your career got to look like Calvin Johnson's, right? I think Calvin might have played in a few playoff games, but not, not too many big games, but we see how cold he is. He's the first ballot guy, best receiver I ever played, guaranteed Hall of Fame. I think you got to affect the week. I think you got to affect the game all week. I think the the opposing coaches, do opposing coaches get ready for you all week, man? Do they got to know where you at all week like like Charles Woodson, like like Deion Sanders? You had to know, is Deion following? Is Charles going to play the slot? Is he on the left, he on the right? We got to know where he at before we just come out throwing comebacks and corner routes and stuff, right? So do the team, other team got to get ready for you? Do they got to get ready for you all week, man? I think that's that's important, man. I think your role on the team if you behind the scenes is one of the real leaders on the team, if if when they talk about this team went making this playoff run or this team winning this Super Bowl, if they can't tell that story without you, you know what I'm saying? I think I think that's a crucial part, man. Uh just your role on the team. If you wanted to coach like players on the team, I think that should play a major part in in you getting votes. Uh so where you draw the line, man, where you draw the line that separate a, a good slash great player from a Hall of Famer? That's another question, right? Man, we got OGs like Prime. He's saying that they letting, letting any and everybody in nowadays, man. You know what I'm saying? So he, that kind of get me nervous. I always think about, like, when Prime say that shit, who he talking about? So I checked the last three classes, right? I checked the last three Hall of Fame classes. 2019, he had Champ. Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Kevin Mawai, Ty Law, Ed Reed. 2020, you had Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, Steve Hutchinson, Edwin James, Troy Potamalu. 2021, this last class, man, you had Alan Fanica, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Drew Pearson, Charles Woods, and Peyton Manny. Now, them the players. I ain't named, like, the contributors, the coaches. These just the players. Prime couldn't have been talking about none of those guys, man. Them guys is real deserving real worthy guys in my opinion man so it's tough man you got the OGs saying they letting too many people in man I don't know I I, I think about it a lot because I want to be in the Hall of Fame right I want to go to the Hall of Fame one day I try to compare myself to the guys who win the guys who going but shit I don't know who voting I, I get kind of nervous because before Hall of Fame it's only one guy in this whole decade 20 since 20 since 2000 it's only one guy who got 10 interceptions to the crib. And he ain't even make all decade. That's our kid to lead. He ain't even make the all decade team. So if he not all decade, how can he be a Hall of Fame, right? So that's 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 what's on my mind. That's how I think. 
Now, now this this one guy who got ten interceptions to the crib since two thousand, he don't make all decade. It ain't like he trash. It ain't like he got eleven picks, ten of them to the crib. He got 30, 40 picks. He got Super Bowls. He got all pros, Pro Bowls. He got all the accolades, man. But he ain't make all decade, man. So I get nervous when I see guys like Rondé Barber not in the Hall of Fame yet. Now, I know he got time. He still got time. He didn't go first ballot. He still got time. He still making get in. When I see guys like Asante Samuel not in the Hall of Fame yet, I'm, I get nervous personally, man. And... and when I see those guys on the sideline, I hear Deion saying they letting too many people in. That balance is, is, I don't know what's going on, man. So should more guys get in? That's another question. Should less guys get in? Should players and coaches be the ones who voting? Because, I mean, you know, right now it's media guys who vote. They follow the game, man. They follow it with, with a microscope, too, man. They, they see how we act in the locker room. But they only see, really, you take a beat right from from – from from Denver, he only he only really see what's going on in Denver. You know what I'm saying? He don't he don't really get the full rundown of uh, somebody he didn't really cover. You know what I'm saying? So, should the players should the peers vote? Should the players and the coaches be the ones voting, man? It's all a big question mark in my opinion, man. One day, hope lead get to get there, man. I hope I put in enough work. Hope my project was nice enough to get in there, man. But we'll see, man. But we're going to see what Isaac Bruce think about it. I'm saying we got that interview coming up next. What does it take to be a Hall of Famer? My takes for the week. We catching fades. Y'all stay tuned. Catching fades is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Why do you play FanDuel? I play FanDuel for the fantasy, easy-to-use app. It's so easy to use and make my betting experience great. And I can pick a new team every game. FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match up to $500 when you make your first deposit. Go to FanDuel.com coward for more info. FanDuel.com coward. FanDuel, more ways to win. So, you're a sports fan? That's why you're listening? But if you're considering getting in on the fun of those sports gambling, I want to let you know about a great resource, the Action Network. The Action Network is where fans go when they're ready to get smarter and turn a profit on sports betting. In fact, the free Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. With the Action app, you can see the latest picks and articles from Action Network gambling experts, as well as personalities like Colin Coward. Compare odds from different sports books and... Track every bet you make so you always know what your picks are doing. So if the game means more to you, download the free Action Network app and start betting smarter. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. 
connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Catching fades, Akeem Tlaib here, man. We got a Hall of Famer in the building today. Super Bowl champion, full-time pro bowler, Isaac Bruce. What's up, baby? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? All good, all good. How you? Man, I'm good, man. Blessed. Uh, Everything's well. And here in South Florida, enjoying the rainy season right now. Definitely, definitely blessed. Definitely blessed, man. You got Indeed. that, got that, got that uh call or what is it? You tell me. Is it a call? <laughs> is it a knock? Like, how you get the news, man, of this 2020 Hall of Fame? Well, what you don't want is the call. Uh oh. if you get the call, you know, they're they're calling to let you know, you know, better, better, better luck next year. Oh, you don't but, want uh, the call. No, you don't want the call. You want to hear the big pounding of uh, uh, President David Baker's uh, right fist bound, pounding on your door. So that's that's normally how you get the news. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we found out that way. That's what's up, man. So you get yeah. the you get the the knot last year, man. Crazy year, twenty twenty. Couldn't celebrate it. You get mm-hmm. to celebrate it this year, though, man. With so how they doing that? Is 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 both of y'all at one ceremony, or they got the days split up, or how they doing that? Yeah, it's going to be the full weekend uh, beginning August 4th, uh, ending uh, August 9th. So what's happening is uh, 2020's enshrinement is that Saturday night and 2021's enshrinements will be that uh, Sunday night. So they're going to combine the two groups. They're calling it twice as fun in 21. It should be it should be something to behold, man, you know, considering where it is, uh, central location of Ohio and. And uh, the guys that are being inducted, especially my class, you got about three Pittsburgh Steelers and oh yeah, uh, some names on that next night, man. It's gonna be a packed house, so it'll be fun. That's what's up. That's what's up. So yeah. I, I will be there, man. I got the invite from, from right Manny. You know what I'm saying? I, I was one of the lucky ones on the team who got right. the invite to come join the party, man. So I I will be there on Sunday for the festivities. But uh, you want to share? You want to share it all with your fans or something? What you got going on with that? Oh uh, yeah, man. I you know I partnership with uh, Let's Engage, uh, and it's let's let's engage dot com slash Isaac. That's an opportunity. It's a sweepstakes, man. Uh, you just enter for ten dollars, 
and the winner gets a uh, round trip tickets to the uh, to the enshrinement from wherever you are. Three nights stay at a hotel, and if you ever been to Canton, a three night stay at a hotel, man, it can run you, uh, especially on enshrinement weekend, it can run you a pretty nice penny. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, man, so we're covering that and have an opportunity, man, to meet some of my coaches, my former teammates, families, and uh, have an uh, opportunity to go to enshrinement and my uh, private party afterwards. So, man, it's a sweet deal, you know, not only for Ram fans, uh, but just for football fans in general, man. Y'all heard it right there, man. $10, yep. you know what I'm saying? Opportunity <laughs> for a hell of a night, man. It's going to be a yeah. hell of a If you don't think this is going to be a hell of a night, you're crazy, man. It's going to yeah, be it's a gonna be awesome. Hey, I know, I, at least I know Sunday when me and TJ and Chris, we come up there for Peyton, we gonna have a hell of a night for Peyton, man. I already know how Peyton do for sure. But congrats Absolutely. on that, man. That's what's up, man. Let's let's get into a little bit of, uh, uh, of what got you to that Hall of Fame, man. So you a Florida boy, right? Florida Absolutely, boy. man. South Florida, Florida boy. Exact. So how you, how, you, how you get out of Florida to go to college, man? A little Juco involved there, man. Tell us about right. that, little, that, little, that little story. Well, I was one of those guys that didn't qualify academically. So uh, okay. I took the route, took a different journey. Uh, I went from uh, Southern Florida to Southern California at the age of 17 and ended up at West LA College initially. And from there, I transferred to Santa Monica City College. And, uh, you know, it's my alma mater, uh, Chad Johnson, Steve Smith. Mm -hmm. That's our, our alma mater. And, you know, ended up getting recruited by Memphis to go to Memphis for two years and played there, man. And, and ended up being right back drafted by the Los Angeles Rams uh, 1994. So I had a, a different journey, unconventional one to say the least, but um, enjoyed every moment of it. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. So when you when you had when you be eligible like that, would you say looking back mm -hmm. on it, it was was it school tough for you, or or was you just you know putting your priorities somewhere else, man? I just my kids watch my show, so I want them to hear yeah. hear Hall of Famer on why he had to go the route that he had to go. Well, I'd say it was more just being lazy. Uh, I was a right. sluggard as far as academics were concerned. Um, you know, my, my parents did push it, but at the same time, me, I was uh, more focused on uh, football and just having fun at that time. So right. uh, when it came time to, to qualify academically as far as uh, the standardized test, you know, I scored right under the, the, the 700 amount that we needed way back when and right. just didn't make it, man. But, uh, you know, I think my dream and my ability to uh, really maximize the gift that God gave me, man, you know, it, it, it overshadowed not being able to be eligible for freshman football as far as Division One is concerned. So um, I felt like just keeping my eye on that prize, man, kept my, kept my journey alive. And, and it's amazing how God just kept placing people in my life to help that, that dream stay alive. Hell yeah, that's, that's what's yeah. up. I, I, I already knew the answer, Isaac. I, if you... <laughs> If you're the greatest show on turf, if you could learn that shit, then I know you could right. learn math one-on-one or whatever it was. I just want Absolutely. my kids to hear it because I got some, you know what I'm saying? They get lazy a little bit and I want them to just hear it. Like, you know, Absolutely. from, from Absolutely. a Hall of Famer. So, man, we fast forward a little bit. Boom. You go second round to the Rams. Uh, that first year start off slow by like, you know what I'm saying, three tubs, a little light. But that second mm -hmm. year is you start going crazy, man. So what you think the biggest difference was from year one to year two, what, what made you spark you start going crazy like that? Uh, you know what? I had, I had great uh, mentors that were in the locker room with Jesse Hester, man. He played about 12 seasons in the league, uh, drafted by Indianapolis, and then came to the Rams my rookie year. Yeah. Not only him, but, but Flipper Anderson, man. I mean, one of the most underrated wide receivers ever to play in our league. 
Uh, he did amazing things on the football field. So I had those guys to really start, really to teach me that first year. And my rookie year, I don't think I really started to settle in to about week eight. Mm-hmm. And after week eight, man, I started uh, starting the second halves of games and uh, getting really comfortable in, in my own skin and my ability to uh, read a defense and really adjust to what was uh, being thrown in front of me. Uh, after that, uh, I tore my MCL uh, about week 12. And the next four weeks, I was just on the sidelines, still going to meetings, uh, st- still getting mental reps, which I believe is most important. Yeah. And I really started uh, creating a vision for myself at the end of that, uh, my rookie year, as far as, you know, the position was concerned. So I just, you know, took out pad and pencil and just really started writing who I wanted to be as a football player. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wrote down just to be uh, the best number 80 in California, that was, that was my goal. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, started verbalizing it. And from there, man, over that summer, you know, I started getting stronger, started getting faster. By the time I came back for spring, man, it was, it was pretty much, you know, I couldn't be covered and, and right. wouldn't be covered. Uh, always could catch the ball, but as far as getting off the line of scrimmage and just really eating up cushion, uh, yeah. you know, those, those things started to really just, uh, you know, come to fruition for me. And, uh, I just had the mentality that I just couldn't be covered and you needed two guys to cover me. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, well, they definitely needed two guys to cover you Isaac, <laughs> for sure. But, uh, so what, what year did, what year did Mike Marks come around for you and, uh, talk yeah. about that system, man. What was, what was different about that system? What, cause you almost was on to hit another gear. You know what I'm yeah. saying? When we talk about that greatest on turf type system. Yeah. Well, I, I met coach Marks, uh, my rookie year. He was the co- quarterback coach that year. And, after Chuck Knox retired and we go to St. Louis, uh, Coach Marks, he became my position coach. And, you know, I credit him with a lot of, uh, you know, giving me quarterback eyes. Uh, he taught me how to watch film, uh, to- taught me what, what guys to watch and, and, and the way that they play and the way they would come off the line of scrimmage or uh, how they wouldn't waste time or waste, waste movement, getting in and out their breaks. And that was big for me. And uh, right. like I said, it, it really helped my confidence uh, that second year to the point where I was I was right on the same page with uh, Chris Miller, who was my my quarterback at that time. And man, we we just started off on fire and uh, it just went completely through that 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 nineteen ninety five season, which is the season I call the year of the wide receiver in the NFL, because you had five or six guys that went over 100 catches, and 1500 plus yards. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a big year for for wide receivers. That's what's up. So, so yep. when did when did y'all become like that that greatest show on turf and and what what you say like what what's the moments or the time where you was like man mm-hmm. this shit right here we got a real chance right. we something special man like when did y'all become that? Well, I say from ninety four till about uh, ninety eight, man, we were terrible. I mean, we were pretty much the uh, it, it, it was between um, let's see Cincinnati and I believe the New Orleans Saints to wear the crown of the losingest team of teams of the 1990s thus far. And uh, Marshall fought. He was uh, over in Indy. He was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Torrey Holt, he was in college at that time. Uh, no one knew who Kurt Warner was. Um, he was at the grocery that, store. Absolutely. He was probably, you know, doing his thing. Um, from there, you know, you can you can start seeing some of the signings. Uh, first of all, you, you bring in Marshall from Indy. And yeah. right there, I knew we were legit. I mean, he just he just had that ability to 
uh, run in between the tackles, outside the tackles, and then he can line up and play receiver. He could have been a third receiver in the NFL if he wanted to. Uh, just, yeah, his knowledge, his ability to uh, read a defense and just just his awareness of the game, man, I, I don't think it was uh, matched by uh, a lot of people I've played with. But, you know, we draft Torrey Hope, and Torrey just, just tore up the ACC uh, his senior year. And you bring in an Adam Adam Timberman from Green Bay. We already had big old big old pace, and Trent Green. I mean, Trent Green was the guy that came back to the Rams with Coach Marks as the offensive coordinator at that time, and he was given mm. the keys to what I what I call was a Rolls Royce. And that summer, man, just on paper, I thought we were legit. We were a legit offense because it was the first time in training camp in my five years that I had been there that we could score pretty easily on our defense team. Up to that point, we were a defensive football team and being able to move the ball easy, um, being able to score on our defense with ease, uh, that let me know that we had a, a group of guys that we were ready to do something within our own division at that time. And I was excited about it. Oh yeah, that's that's what's up. Yeah. So like you said, having, having Marshall and Torrey there, you yeah. felt like that kind of took some of the pressure off you. Cause I mean, before that, it's shit. It was it's your show. You know what I'm saying? That was it, you bring them two guys, yeah. and you felt like that kind of took some of the pressure off you. Absolutely. I I I always thought that up to that point, uh, the Rams were only interested, uh, you know, just having probably one offensive superstar at that time. You talk about Eric Dixon. You mm. know, it wasn't much around him until you brought in Henry Eller, and you know, you had Jerome Bettis. Uh, the first year, uh, you know, mm -hmm. two years before I got there. And he was just the guy. You give it to him 35, 36 times a game exactly. and let it do his thing. And for me, it was like that for me, two, two seasons, 95 and 96. And that wears on you, man. I mean, because, you know, teams can can roll that coverage over to you. They can beat you Hell up at yeah. the line of scrimmage and have another guy waiting for you there. But when you go out and draft a Tory Hope, man, that just lets you know that, okay, now we're trying to win. We're trying to do something. Uh, a little different than what we had done in the past. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's, teams had him two receivers, man. It's, it's yeah. now we now we got to talk in, in meetings on Wednesday and Thursday. We got to really get this right. plan together. They got one receiver, and you know I get the game plan. All right, coach, I'm gonna go get some breakfast, man. Like we gonna yeah. double him. We already know we gonna double him. Ain't too much to talk about. Whoever the right. other guy is, you got the one on one, and that's what it is. You know what I'm saying so. Absolutely. You bring a Tory Hart on the other side. It definitely it definitely changed the playing field. But who who are some of the corners? Who are some of the corners you used to like to go against back then, man? Oh man, I had a I had a budding rivalry uh with Ashley Ambrose. Yeah. Uh, Ray <laughs> Buchanan. Yeah. Uh, uh guys like uh it was it was a couple of guys, uh, Tim McDonald, uh Merton Hanks, uh uh Eric Davis, man. These guys, you know, they played a lot of football and a lot of uh meaningful football. And right. you know. We would just go at it when we played. I mean, down in Atlanta, anytime we went to New Orleans, these guys who are in our division, and we we just go at it. There's there's a lot of guys that are under radar guys, but were really great corners. Eric Allen exactly. being one of them, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know who could read routes and jump routes, and you had to be really careful with your route running uh, versus guys like like Eric Allen. So uh, he was in New Orleans at the time, and 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 man, you see how teams started to really adjust their drafts versus what we were doing as far as the greatest show on turf was concerned, man. They started, you know, drafting heavy on defense because right. they wanted to be able to slow that thing down. So, um, you know, I think we kind of uh, affected other teams that way and made them, made them look at defense a little bit different. And at the same time, a lot of teams were trying to duplicate what we were doing on offense.
Yeah, definitely, definitely. I say yeah. how it affected me. I started off, you know, I started off <laughs> as my brother little, you know what I'm saying, guinea pig. Throw me the ball, I'm gonna run the slant, throw it, or he working on this quarterback, run the slant, I'm just a guinea pig, right? right. So I kind of started off thinking I'm gonna be a running back. I'm a running back, man, I'm Emmitt Smith, I'm gonna be a running back. And then when I seen that greatest show on turf, oh, I turned to a receiver. <laughs> like I, I'm a receiver now. I'm gonna catch the rock. So I definitely remember that, man. I it it put receiver in my heart watching that right. offense for sure. But uh, who's some of the offenses you watch nine days, man? And you feel like they it? They got the quarterback. They got the system. They got the two receivers, the running back. Yeah. Who's some of the offenses that that remind you of that greatest show on turf right now? Well, you got to start off with Kansas City, man. I mean, just yeah. with uh, with Mahomes being the quarterback. Uh, he can make every throw. Uh, he's smart. And, you know, with, with having a combination of an offensive coordinator like Andy Reid, man, I mean, you know, there, there's no ceiling on what he can do. And, right. you know, when he has guys on the perimeter that are fast, Hardman being one of them, uh, uh, Tariq, Tariq Evans, uh, uh, Tariq, uh, Tariq Hill being, being the other guy, these guys are fast, man. And they take the top off the defense. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, sometimes you have to commit two guys to these guys. And then, you know, you got a tight end like Kelsey, man. It's 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 like, you know, choose your poison. I think the right. only thing, the only difference uh, between that group and what we had is that, you know, we can turn around and give it to Marshall 25 times. We can we can we, we can go three tight ends and uh, have one receiver out there and we can just really punish you with our running game if we wanted to. Um, but, you know, when you look at Kansas City, man, I mean, I think they they're the closest thing that I see to what we were doing. Yeah, that's. That's what's yeah. up. That's you know, as soon as I ask the question, that's what I got on my head. I'm like, gotta be the Chiefs. That's 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 yeah. the closest thing that we've seen. Or is it any wide outs in nine days game that remind you of Isaac Bruce? Um there are some guys. I I love watching Keenan Allen. I love watching mm -hmm. him, man. Uh he's a guy that's under the radar, but he makes such big plays. Uh right. he hopped in uh Arizona. I mean, he just does everything, man. I mean, I don't think he's the biggest guy, but he plays really big. Right. Not the um, fastest neither, but correct. he's a deep threat. Yes. And one thing about him, you know, uh, similar to me is he can get in and out of his breaks, you know, without really giving a defensive back or safety uh, any kind of body language, which is key. Right. So, um, and he makes the tough catch. He makes those con congested catches, man, that, you know, every every team wants a guy like that. So, Guys like that, and I really like the new guy coming in, uh, Devontae Smith. I think he's yeah. um, he, he's one of those guys that I feel like, you know, his ability and what he did in the SEC can translate translate over because, you know, he'll be playing the same personnel uh, once he really gets seasoned in the league. So um, similar to him, I think he's very similar to Marvin Harrison as well. So those are the type of guys I feel like that are very similar to what I used to do. Definitely, definitely. I, see, yeah. when I think Isaac Bruce, I think – Quickness, speed, and route mm -hmm. running, and catches, finishes, right? Sure. So my boat, uh, uh, quickness slash speed, you don't know if they quick or if they fast. They just moving. Right. And then they got them crazy routes. Mine is Odell. And then the little Odells is Justin Jefferson, Calvin yeah. Ridley, and Devontae Smith. They all in that yes. same kind of boat to me. And I, I, I put them in that Isaac Bruce boat, man. They, they like the right. Isaac Bruce type type receivers so uh, so when you're going against those guys what do you do what's your what's your mindset are you trying to get your hands on them i hate or? going against them kind them, them no them no worst kind that i i try to go against but me honestly i'm a i'm a i'm gonna go off that speed if he can run by me mm -hmm. then 
I'm going I'm to try to, I'm taking phase. I'm always taking phase away. But if he can run by me, by me, I'm going to be deep first on my mind. But if he can't really run by me, I'm going to try to get my hands on him quick and damn near be in trail and not even really right. worried about him. I got I got to I got to be like a cheetah. He break. I got to break type Correct. deal. So it just matter, man. It, 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 and honestly, if I if, if I'm going to Isaac Bruce, I ain't going to leave out the meeting room until coach say, all right, we doubling them. So, yeah, we doubling them. Right. <laughs> on this, we going to double them. Right. On this, we going I'm going I'm to I'm I'm get it straight. I might even let let the scout team receiver catch a couple of them just so I could tell Wade, like, see, Wade, look, if we don't double them, that's what we asking for. <laughs> I do shit like that, Isaac. I do shit on purpose to dictate the game plan myself, right? Like, see, it ain't going to work, you. see? It ain't going to work. <laughs> that's what I'm going to try to do. So, really, I'm I, I'm going to make sure they don't get behind me. I'm going to try to just keep guys like you. I'm going I'm to I'm try to keep you in front of me, and I'm going to just try to be a great tackler that week, man. That's really what I'm going to yeah. try to do, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, man, so... 2020 Hall of Fame, man. The time is almost here. Well, we got another month before, before we yep. before look. I'm saying we because I'm going. You know what I'm saying yeah. I'm there. So we got another month before we out there in uh in Canton, man. So the speech ready? Is the speech ready yet? You know what? Things like that, it kind of writes itself, man. Because you know, when you think about your journey, uh, you know, you just can't stop in the 16 seasons that you played in the National Football League. It's everything before, uh, from from Little League Pop Warner to uh, your days uh, in high school, from high school to junior college to, to Memphis, uh, to, to the beginning of uh, the Los Angeles Rams, to the St. Louis Rams, and to when I actually finished playing. So, right. and, and, and like I keep saying, there were, there were pockets and people there who were strategically placed, I believe, divinely placed, that, yeah, that yeah. really helped me, man. So it, it's, just, it's just more of just really thanking them at a pu public venue and having that moment to really recognize those people, friends, friends, family, and fans that really helped you to develop to the to, to the football player that you were. Yeah. Right, right. So, so Hall of Fame, you know, Dion, Dion say he said they're putting everybody in now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, what to you, to you, what what make a Hall of Famer, man? What you gotta do to be a Hall of Famer? Well, you you know, the first thing as a football player, um, you know, the first thing that we look at you know, is we're, we're looking, we're not looking for you to fear, to fear us. We're looking for you to respect us. Right. Uh, from the moment you walk in that locker room, it's about respect to the moment that uh, we're on the field competing against one, one another. It's about respect. Do I respect right. this guy? Or, or if you're my teammate and you're a cornerback and I'm a wide receiver, you know, it, it, you know can I respect the way you play on the field? Can, can, exactly. Do you compete? You know, if, if you don't compete, I don't think we're going to have much of a friendship uh, off the field. So right. number one, that respect part of it, it, it's, it's there. Number two, um, your impact. Can you make impactful plays? Did you make impactful plays? Mm -hmm. Uh, will people, uh, can, can the story be told about you about the game of football and include you or not include you? So, you know, questions like that has to be answered. And then, you know, you have to look at your stats for me as, as far as the wide receiver is concerned, man, it, you know, my question is, did they have to double this guy? And if they did, I think that puts him on a path to the Hall of Fame. And then if they doubled him, did he still produce? Uh, right. You know, does he still have, you know, close, maybe 900, 1,000 catches, uh, uh, his yards per catch? I mean, those are things that I look at personally. And, you know, just the end result of it. What would you do? Uh, OK, did you go to playoffs? Did you make impactful plays in the playoffs? Did you go to Super mm -hmm. Bowls? Did you play in Super Bowls? Did you make impactful plays in Super Bowls? So 
when you had to follow around this, when you had to follow this guy or pick him up from the airplane, you know, when he came to Denver or when he came to uh, Los Angeles, did you have to go with this guy everywhere he went? And how'd you do against that guy? Right. I mean, these things are, are, you know, these things should be the criteria for guys who are being enshrined. Do I think they're putting guys in that shouldn't be there? I don't think so. I think these guys are deserving of uh, the, the way they played the game. Um, you know, my only my only issue is, you know, how do you determine a first ballot versus a non first ballot? So right. that's the only question I would have. Yeah. So that yeah. so. Your locker room presence, like if, if you're the leader on a team and, and the confidence of our team is bred through this person, did mm -hmm. that got anything to do with being being in the Hall of Famer? I think it does. I mean, it, it's one of those boxes that can be checked. You know, right. how, how did you impact your locker room? in a positive way or in a negative way when 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 you're on that you know the league and and uh, 16 game season it's a roller coaster so when you're down at the bottom you know right. how how did you make the team respond did you exactly. did you salt with them or did you remind them that you know this is a roller coaster and we're going to be right back at the top pretty soon and did you do that through your play or just encouraging your team so could you stand up in front of your guys and when you start speaking uh, will they all be be quiet? They may not agree with you, but they can respect, exactly. you know, giving you the opportunity. You, right? Absolutely. Can you get take that microphone and, and uh, speaking to your guys? Exactly, man. See, I, yeah. see every time Prime say this shit, I be wanting to call him, ask him, like, Prime, who are you talking about, Prime? You know what I'm saying? Who, who he must be, he to must, be there, yeah. man? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody yeah. I see every year, the five or the seven guys who I see, I'm like, they Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I, I'm... So how long, how long did you have to wait to get in, Ozzy? I waited, uh, I finished playing in 2010, and my first year of eligibility was 2015. Mm -hmm. and, so six um, years, basically? Yeah, I waited, I waited six seasons to get in. But, but, but once again, man, we play for respect, and you right. have selectors who have probably never put on a, a jock strap. Let's just be exactly. real. And uh, they barely, they barely know, they may know a beat writer for the Denver Broncos would know you inside and out. Right. Within your same division, you know, you go play the Raiders. There's a, there's another beat writer. He, he doesn't know too much about you. Right. You know, he didn't see you every day. So he really can't really, you know, get to the podium and say anything uh, quite at the same level as the Denver Broncos uh, beat writer can about uh, a key to leap. So. Right. You know, you kind of get that situation, man. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we, we got two former players there in the selection committee right now. And I think there's a room for a lot more because I think, you know. Former players, right? Former players, former I defensive agree. coordinators, former offensive coordinators. They should be in the room selecting guys, man, because they know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, of course, Lee, Lee yeah. got Hall of Fame dreams, man. I love, well, I love to talk to Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? I love to talk to them, pick their brain and see what they think. Before we get out of here, man, one more time, tell the tell fans, tell the fans how they could join you, man, what they need to do. Yeah, man, just uh, uh, just go to Let's Engage, that's L-E-T-S-E-N-G-A-G-E dot com slash Isaac, man. It's a sweepstakes, $10 to get you in. Uh, real, real, real nice prize, man. I think it's, uh, if you're a football fan, uh, you always got to make it to, you know, what's being called football heaven up there in Canton, Ohio, man. Just see the museum yeah. itself and just be around, man, see where football started and some of the greats that have played the game, man. So um, if you're a football play fan, you definitely want to do that one time in your life. Man, y'all heard it, man. Let's engage. Yeah. Get on there, man, pay that 10. 
pull up with Isaac, man. Y'all might see Lieb out there on Sunday. I'm going to be out there with Payton. We're going to have a great time, man. That's what's up. Hey, Isaac, I appreciate it, man. Congrats on the Hall of Fame. Congrats on everything, man. Uh, I'm a big fan. Always huge fan, man. And I appreciate you for coming on. This was fun, man. Thank you. Hell yeah. Appreciate it, Isaac. Take care. Yes, sir. We catching fades. I keep to lead. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.